to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Tipping on four foes with my boy Sebo, the ball head nut, Cluster Johnson. He's got to be here somewhere. Sebo, what I'm, up, baby? I'm, I'm, I'm in the house. Sebo is in the house. We tipping on four foes. We down like t- we down like four flat. Sebo, we go a long way in this whole thing Let's- we call life. I mean, you set it off with that slim thugger. I, I mean, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was tipping on four foes with that one. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We, we see. Look, Stricky, a little tipsy on this. It's it's what we call down here. Uh, we call it Thirsty Thursday. We have a little Kevin's Myers cork and bottle come through and bring a little brew, bring a little wine. So we got a chance to sip on a little some, have a little some, get the night started off right. And so we got you in the house tonight. So I'm glad that my boy Sebo can join us. Me and Bach on the block, 93.7, the ticket, the ticketfm.com. Cluster Johnson, former Husker, is joining us. And, and look, I, I listen, I know you're not going to be the expert on this specific topic, but there are some, some contrasts that I may want to ask about, maybe what you're hearing out in the sphere a little bit. But – yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now, you had a chance to kind of get a sniff, a peek, uh, you know, a whiff of Mickey Joseph, how he was as a player. And did you get a chance to observe and see this quality of a person as far as a leader and to be able to do what he's done in the recruiting game and what he's been able to do? Just landing now a high, high four, uh, four-star receiver again to uh, go along with the rest that he's already been able to land in Amarion Miller and trying to track down, you know, others out there in, in the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver space. But what is your thoughts as the, at this point of what you're seeing and what he's been able to do and what you were able to see as a young, young man coming also into the program as a leader from, from him as uh, Mickey Joseph? So, you know, the thing about Mickey, he has something special, and it's called drip. You know, a lot of people – may not know what drip means, but let me just describe it for you. You know, it's a flash. It's a flare. Mm-hmm. It's the way you talk. It's the way you walk. And the thing about Mickey, and what I've known from a long time ago, being a former Husker, when he was an upperclassman and I was looking up to him, is he knows how to talk. He, he has those leadership qualities, and he has that, uh, you know, just that fatherly figure that, when he say something, you're going to believe it. You're going to trust him. And uh, I know that when he's talking to these, these, you can feel that. So I think that Mickey will just continue to have uh, lots of success. I, I hope that they put Mickey in places where he's not just recruiting receivers. I mean, I think he could bring in probably a big-time QB. He could probably bring in big-time running backs. I mean, I just know he knows how to speak that language, but I'm not surprised when I see uh, him affiliated and associated with a top recruit. Yeah, so one of the things that's been phenomenal, right, in terms of talent, Nebraska has basically fared pretty well at the receiver position. Taking out the 2023 recruits and the commits that they have, 
um, you know, for for this moment, just in this quick discussion, the Huskers have basically averaged a receiver rating from 2018 to 2022. That's that's even outside of Mickey that has been ranked fourth in the Big Ten behind Ohio State, Penn State and Michigan, which are top perennial programs in, in, in this conference, right? The difference between the Buckeyes receiver rating for, uh, from second, which is Penn State, has been .0338. And that's a little larger margin than the fourth place Nebraska Huskers to last place um, Illinois at 0293, right? So when you think about Mickey, Mickey up to this point since his arrival, his average has been 0930 across eight receivers, that's close to an automatic four-star rating that he's been able to recruit here to Nebraska at this point. That's been phenomenal. So what do you think the key elements left for Nebraska to be able to do as a whole? What are some of the missing links? What are some of the missing pieces that you think as a former player here from when you played when it was at its highest peak of success? What do you think some of the the missing pieces or links that are needed going forward, even though Mickey's kind of started the train or running? So that is a phenomenal question, and it is a, a multifaceted question. And how I would answer that is it's just called development. I mean, when you're coming out of high school, you're not a finished product. You might be a phenomenal athlete. You may have all these great tools. But I'm going to tell you, the transition from high school to college is so different. And you can get lost in the sauce. You can get lost in the shuffle. You know, when you look at, you know, you had mentioned how, you know, uh, Nebraska have had these high-rated receivers, but that has not really translated Mm. to success Mm. on the field. Mm -hmm. And what I believe Mickey can do is he's going to bring out the best in them, not only um, technique-wise, but mentally wise, mm. and, that, and that's that's where I feel things have been missing. It's, it's in the mental aspect of things because they wouldn't recruit you if you didn't have the physical tools. I I can recall myself, and, and even you, Strick. You know, when you get to college, you obviously have the physical tools, but there has to be something special in you to bring that that other part of you out. Mm -hmm. Some people just got it naturally and be triggered. Mm -hmm. And I I think Mickey more than likely is going to be able to trigger what it takes to get these guys to understand that you're not in high school anymore and you you still have to continue to work to get better um, to compete. And, and to possibly go to that next level. I love that. Now, this is the last question that I have, and then I'm going to allow Bach to kind of tap in because it's kind of a carryover question. So with that in mind, you played in a successful season. Now, we've changed the we, – we talked about earlier how they've changed some of the names where it's changed from eye back to now running back, where you used to be split ends and wing backs, and now it's just wide receivers, so forth and so on. So some of the terminologies of the players, now yeah. it's become Nick and it's become edge rushers. So what is the contrast, or is there a contrast, or do you see a similarity between Coach Brown – when you was here in his development of you as split ends and wingbacks, although you didn't catch a lot of passes, you still were required to do so when it was called upon to do so. But that same type of leadership and recruiting quality, do you see some similarities or do you see a a, a small contrast? Uh, 
So all great coaches, to me, have what you call an expectation level and a certain type of work ethic, a certain type of mindset. All great coaches have a very high standard, okay? And I believe that if Mickey has put all these former LSU players in the league, you better believe his expectation level mm. and what he and what he's seen as um, you know a developmental player going to that next level. He knows what it looks like. He knows what your mind's supposed to look like. He knows what your work ethic is supposed to look like. Wow. He knows. Uh, you know, he'll he'll just know what the package is supposed to look like. And I just think that again, that element has been missing. There's uh, a lot of coaches out there. I think that they can recruit these ready-made players and just plug them in and play. But there's a lot that goes into that. And again, Coach Brown and a guy like Mickey Joseph, who come out of that um, uh, that same developmental uh, system with Coach Osborne and yeah. Coach Brown, you know, they have an expectation level that that you have to achieve before they put you out on that field. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put you out there on that field if you're gonna embarrass yourself, your family, and the university that you represent. Sue, that's well said. Cluster, <laughs> uh, jumping back to to your playing days, I wanted to ask real quick because I know you 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 moved over from quarterback uh, where you're recruited to be at Nebraska. Something that I've noticed just watching football is the 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 jaw jacking that goes on between cornerbacks and wide receivers uh, probably is more than anywhere else on the field. Did it take you some time to adjust to that uh, coming over from quarterback? Absolutely, absolutely, because <laughs> you know. But here's the contrast from when I played to now. We were more a physical. We, 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 our, ours was based more on a physicality, blocking. You know, we we really had kind of had to have a block first mentality. Just like Strick said, I wasn't really called upon to catch a ton of passes. Although I was the leading receiver on the '95 team with like 26 <laughs> catches. <laughs> but, Say uh, that ours was. Ours was about ours was really more about being physical, and uh, when called upon, you better catch the ball because if you drop the ball in our system, that's like dropping four passes because mm. you, you may not get another pass. <laughs> so, um, um, the, the, again, the, the the difference is obviously the game has transitioned more to a passing game. Um, you can't really do a lot of – you can't really be as physical on defense anymore with the receivers. Uh, I would have loved to have played the today's system. Uh, but, but you know, it is what it is. I came away with championships. <laughs> yeah. And a leading receiver at that. So there, there's that. I, I also uh, – I, I just that, that switch, though, too, um, because we had one today where Brody Tagaloa is, is switching, or at least on the roster it happened today. I'm sure he knew about it before now. Uh, but switching kind of from his defensive uh, line position over to tight end. Uh, how does that conversation go and, and kind of what goes into that when they asked you to, to move from quarterback um, and, and over to a new position? Is it just anything – to help the team or is it just kind of, I mean, cause you gotta be thinking all, all the way leading up to that. You're trying as hard as you can to improve in that position. Yeah. Let me answer that question. Cause I don't feel like I answered it. 
to a receiver. Uh, yes, as as a quarterback, it's a little bit more finesse, okay? And it's, uh, it's, it's knowing about everybody's position, making sure everybody's in the right place, whereas a receiver, it's more about knowing coverage and it's knowing about um, – um, you know, what moves you have to make based on what the defense is giving you. And, uh, of course, it's definitely a different mindset. You know, as a quarterback, it's just a lot more to know. And I would say that's probably why I switched is because, you know, quarterback was just getting in the way of my social life when I was in college. I just had to, <laughs> had to study too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to get out there and hang out with my man straight from time to time. You know, but you couldn't do that play. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to do that at QV. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 so the conversation for me was I was very frustrated at the time because, again, I was not very mature when I came into the system. I wasn't really ready to take on the challenge of knowing all the things I needed to know to be successful at that position and compete. And um, my frustrations was really self-inflicted. So, when offered another position to play, you know, I went from actually DB and transitioned to wing back. After doing a spring at, at defense, I knew that that wasn't the place I wanted to be. I, I really am a natural offensive player, I thought. Mm -hmm. So going to wing back was really the, the next best place, which, which is uh, obviously a slot receiver. Big facts. Um, and, and, um, you know, the wing back in our system was really kind of the main guy because uh, he got to line up in the backfield slot and on the outside. Uh, same position Johnny Rogers plays, same position Tyrone Hughes. And, and um, so a lot of great players played in that position. So it was an honor for me to, to take on that challenge. And um, after getting my butt kicked by Coach Brown and, and him getting my head, you know, I was able to start picking it up. That's good stuff. He's Cluster Johnson. He's joined us here on the block at 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Cluster, thank you, man. We look forward to hopefully having you again when football season comes back around. Absolutely. You know, for my man Strick, my brother, my ace, whenever you need me, I'm here for you. My man, 50 grand. Thank you for joining us once again. This is theticketfm.com, and it is on the block. We got to take a break right now. We'll be back to finish up the last segment here on the block. Right after this, maybe talk a little bit about the big three, maybe. When we get back, we'll be right back.